So the last 14 months have been really tough for some of the business owners out there, and especially for business owners that have brick and mortar businesses that had to maybe close doors for several times or completely shut down their business. And I know that we as online entrepreneurs are in a very privileged situation here in times of a pandemic and COVID that we could basically operate as if nothing ever happened. At least that was my experience in my business. And today I want to change gears a little bit because usually we only talk about online entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who run their online businesses. And today we take things offline. What's up, my friend? My name is Michael Hoffman. Welcome back to the Launch Into Freedom podcast. This is episode number 33 of the show for health and wellness coaches who want to create attention for their business and lasting freedom in the process. And every Thursday, I bring you an expert guest on the show who shares their expertise and their experiences with you so you can benefit from that. And as I already mentioned, Today's guest is not an online entrepreneur, or at least not full-time online entrepreneur. Today, my interview guest is Patrick Horseman. Patrick is the co-owner of Ironstone Strength and Conditioning, a functional fitness gym here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and the gym that I go to pretty much every day. So if you are in the area and you see a guy running around topless there, that is most likely me. So I had the privilege to interview Patrick on this podcast, and we talked a little bit about how it is to run a business through a pandemic and now also post-COVID, what his learnings were, what his takeaways were, but we didn't stop there. We kind of dove much deeper. We talked about leadership and what it takes to actually navigate a team, a full business, and the whole customer base through a time of crisis to a time of uncertainty. Because let's be honest, the last 14 months have been really hard for a lot of small business owners, especially brick and mortar, who rely on in-person contact with people. Uh, We talk about restaurants, we talk about movie theaters, but also we talk about gyms. They had to shut down multiple times. And I can tell you from my own experience, Patrick and his team at Ironstone Strength and Conditioning actually did an amazing job to keep the doors open, keep the business running. A lot of other gyms were not as fortunate. And Patrick kind of walks us through his thought process and his yeah feelings during this time of hard decisions, of a lot of change and a lot of adaptation. And I want to do this more often now to actually bring people from different areas of running a business in the health, wellness and fitness area um, and share their experiences with me. I know that a lot of times I talk about marketing and we have guests here on the show who are experts at marketing. But I think that for the listeners and the audience out there who are in the health and wellness coaching space and who maybe consider opening their own brick and mortar business or their own practice, We need to talk about these things too. And what better way to learn than from the experiences from entrepreneurs who are already there where you want to go or who actually went through hard times and made it through it. So Patrick Horseman is a personnel selection officer in the Canadian Forces and a member of the part-time faculty at St. Mary's University here in Halifax. And he is also an experienced athlete um, as a longtime competitive basketball player, swimmer and runner. And as I mentioned, he's the owner of 
iron stone strength and conditioning i always want to say crossfit iron stone because that is what i do there but they are named differently now and one thing that patrick actually points out during this episode a lot of times is the importance of brand and the importance of values so i think we talk about this here on the show a lot of times that we need to know who we are what we stand for in order to actually be successful So grab your pen and paper because this episode is value loaded, especially if you are a brick and mortar business owner or you're considering opening a physical location. But also if you are an online entrepreneur, there are a lot of golden nuggets in here that Patrick drops throughout the episode. So let's roll the theme song and dive right in. You sometimes wonder how other experts online always almost effortlessly create six-figure launches, although you have way more knowledge, expertise, and grid, and all you hear on your launch day is crickets? In today's fast-paced society, outdated strategies like launch and day will buy don't really work anymore. Attention is the ultimate instrument of power and leverage online. More often than not, it's not the most talented or the hardest worker who stands out. It's the loudest, the one who can create the most attention who wins the game online. We are the agents of change who learn to proven pre-launch strategies used by the biggest companies in the world to build deep connections and create lasting freedom for ourselves and our audiences. My name is Michael Hoffman and you're listening to Launch Into Freedom. Welcome back, everyone, to the Launch Into Freedom podcast. Today with me is a good buddy of mine and the owner of the gym that I go to, Patrick Horseman. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing amazing. I'm really excited for this interview because um, I get more insights to the business that I actually support for a while now and that that I basically go to every day. But before we jump in, every episode, I start with a question for the guest, and that is, what does freedom mean to you? Interesting. Freedom to me means being able to choose which opportunities I take advantage of and which opportunities I don't have to consider. Nice, nice, awesome. So um, I mentioned it in the intro that um, you own a local gym here in Halifax, um, Ironstone Strength and Conditioning, which is fairly different than usual entrepreneurs and business owners that I have on the podcast because most of them have their businesses completely online. And you have a brick and mortar business, which is actually really interesting considering the last 14 months and what happened in the world. So now as a brick and mortar business, how has the last 14 months been for you professionally and also personally? Yeah, I mean, that's like, that is like the big question, right? Uh, Michael, it's like, that's a, that's it. That's the question everyone asks me most of the time from an emotional place. Like, you know, how are you feeling? How are you doing? But, uh, I wouldn't lie. It's it's been very, very difficult, right? Um, brick and mortar right now is where people don't want to be uh, for the most part, you know? And, you know, we're in that kind of space between, let's say restaurants that, I mean, not even restaurants aren't a great example, but uh, between like recreation facilities where you have to physically be present uh, for sport, you know, we have the opportunity to move some things online. I'm sure that's going to come out as we talk. Like we did some online workouts. We can do online challenges. There's things related to fitness we can do online. But for the most part, our brand, Ironstone's brand, it's bread and butter, is physical exercise, coached, in-person, group classes. You know, that's that's what we hang our hat on. So it's been really tough. Everything from lockdowns and, and operational restrictions with public health measures, you know, financial challenges that 
come along the way, right? Because obviously there's a certain amount of money we have to bring in in the course of a month in order to keep the lights on and keep the doors open and pay the coaches and all the things that go along with it. So it's been very challenging, bright spots ahead, but it's been, it's been very challenging and certainly doesn't fit into the 10 year business plan that we were working off of, you know, two years ago or five years ago when we decided where we were headed next, right? This doesn't really fit into anything that we had on the horizon. It wasn't even on the radar as a, as a possibility. So that's been a challenge. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And you touched on so many points that I want to pick up later in the interview, but you actually gave me a perfect segue because my next question actually was, Ironstone is in business now for six years, I think. Yeah, we're coming up on, we'll be coming up on seven, uh, January 26th of this coming year. So we're about six and a half going through, but we physically existed since late October, the, you know, a few months before that. So we're, we're rapidly coming up on seven years as a business entity. Awesome. So you mentioned that you the you don't it doesn't it didn't really fit into the ten year plan. Um, what happened the last fourteen months? So basically, is what you're seeing right now with the gym what you had envisioned like almost seven years ago? Yeah, like any good business plan, you have some some you know kind of goalposts you want to hit along the way, right? Like some things we were planning to do. So like the first phase was like you know reaching kind of operational capacity, like getting up to getting up to speed, getting the engine moving. The second phase is kind of refinement of the brand, which is something we were deep into before COVID hit. You've been around for a while. So you've seen our brand kind of evolve both in the brand uh, image and content the t you know, the types of imagery we use, but also in the way we speak about the brand, the types of products we're offering, we've kind of really zeroed in on what Ironstone is. In the next phase, you know, as a, you know, being honest business person was stockpiling capital. That was supposed to be the next phase. Um, you know, a five-year period of, of stockpiling capital to make some kind of relatively big business move, whether that's moving into a, a bigger kind of more purposely built out space or opening satellite or secondary locations. We were supposed to be, you know, two and a half years into our stockpiling capital phase right now. And we've certainly gone in the opposite direction. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think a lot of businesses actually like had to take like three, four, five steps back in the in the in the past few months. So, just for the listeners who are not from Halifax and who are not familiar with the business model, like what does Ironstone stand for? Like, what is your product offering? Um, because I think also in the last three years since I joined. The focus on what you coach and what you train in the gym has massively shifted. Yeah, certainly we, what we've done is we've gone from a big, we'll do any strength and conditioning kind of funnel model. Like if a team contacted us before and wanted to do team training, we'd try and figure it out. We'd do some corporate stuff, whatever, whatever was on the radar, group classes, personal training, it was all there. A lot of emphasis on CrossFit and we still do CrossFit, um, you know, as an affiliate, but we've really zeroed in on, on kind of what our brand of fitness is now. And that is group based functional fitness classes that are very well coached and exciting, engaging and entertaining. That's, that's what we do with a bit of a strength bias. So our three main product offerings, as far as group classes are, you know, our CrossFit affiliate classes, um, our blast program, which is an interval style functional fitness class, uh, that's barbell free. It's more, um, kind of all fitness levels, all kind of technical scalability levels class and group-based strength training classes, which we call build, but you know, that's our, our three core products. We also have a competitive Olympic weightlifting team, which is again, is a barbell or strength biased 
uh, you know, fitness or, or competitive sport, and then personal training. That's our, our core product. That's what we do. And that's what we strive to be the best at. Everything else is kind of peripheral. And, and I would say that is the DNA of our brand now. Gotcha. So, so if, if personal training is like the nucleus, basically, of, of the business, with that actually taken away from you in the past year, were there times where you thought to yourself, this might be it with the gym? It's, it's kind of been an evolving picture, right? We were thankful to be in a place as a business, both in how we had the business structured, which I think is really important and something that maybe has gotten lost a lot in the COVID conversation with how businesses are doing and how they're surviving and which ones are closing and which ones are persisting. I think how businesses are structured is an important part of that conversation that a lot of people have been avoiding. But so we were thankful to be structured in a way that lent itself well to being able to seek the government assistant programs uh, that, that were available. So that was one thing. And we had kind of, because we were into this kind of stockpiling, I won't say stockpiling capital phase, right? But we were getting ready to make a big move. So we had started to to shift and, and, you know, bank money to be able to make some of these big moves. So we had a bit of a cushion, which a lot of businesses also didn't have. So when we went lean and started drawing in government programs, we never really reached a point where we thought we're going to, this is it, you know, next week, we're going to have to turn off the lights and lock the doors. That said, we definitely had to make some tough decisions along the way about employment, um, you know, employees, what we would offer to our clients, you know, how many clients we could service. We had to, we had to make some really tough decisions for the short-term health of the business. But, you know, we weathered the storm. So that's a benefit, I guess. And I can, I can tell from my own experience that you actually navigated this phase as the business owner, as the captain of the ship, like tremendously well. So I definitely have to like pay like most of the respect uh, to you and, and the team, how you, how you guys handled that situation. So CrossFit and especially Ironstone are very community focused. Was it tough for you from your perspective to keep up that community feeling in, in the gym? And now that we are uh, slowly reopening again, do you see like a slower yeah, comeback basically from the people so that, that people are maybe more hesitant to come back to the gym? Yeah, I actually think that's an interesting question. I don't know if the data is in in the industry yet. Uh, I know what our numbers say as a business. I, we know that each time we close, so we've closed three times so far. Every time we've closed, only about 70% of our existing clients at the time we closed came back after we reopened. So there was a big closure last year. We came back with only 70% of our original clients. Then you start to build back up your number of clients again, right? We had a you know, two, three, four month run up until we closed again in October. And then 70% of your clients come back after that. And then you do the same thing again. So you keep doing this. And what happens is your, your baseline revenue, just like the amount that you can depend on from memberships and regular attendance of your classes, just keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And then you have to work hard to grow it back up to a number that will sustain the business, at least in the short term. It, or maybe not even sustain. You're not trying to make money. You're just trying to lose as little money as possible, I guess is the best way to put it. So you can get through the storm. And we had to figure out what the right balance was of trying to aggressively get you know butts back in seats, get clients in classes versus still being able to service, to, service them to a standard or a level that we expected of ourselves and what our clients expected of us. So that's, it's a delicate balance. We had to walk a tightrope the whole way through. 
community was one of the biggest sacrifices we had to make. We couldn't let people linger in the gym after class and hang out and chit chat. We couldn't let people come in early and do mobility and like have a coffee and think about or talk about what they were going to do today because we didn't have capacity within the public health measures to allow extra people in the building. We couldn't really hold community events. There was strict restrictions on how many people could gather in one place and you know what we could do as far as numbers were concerned. And everyone had to keep their distance. There's no high fives and handshakes and fist bumps and any of that, right? That's kind of like what makes the environment. So all those things put together, it's, you know, if we had to say, what did we have to sacrifice during the last 14 months, you know, besides money, which is, you know, the the lifeblood of any business, it was community. It was that feeling that you were there with your, you know, your friends having a good time. It became a very structured rigid fitness business for that period of time. Get in, get fit within the public health measures, the best we can allow and get out. And that's kind of where we were stuck. Do you think that those measures and like that kind of loss of community feeling also contributed to kind of the drop off and people coming back after every time you closed? Yeah, like, you know, from my mind, there's probably three big reasons why people don't come back when there's a closure like this. And you know, this is a lot more to do with my personal background is this kind of thinking. The first is hesitancy due to COVID. I, I think that's actually a much smaller portion of the population than people think it is. People assume that like half the population is not ready or, or is afraid of coming back because of COVID. That's probably not it. There are certainly people that fall in that camp, but it's not a big camp. Then there's people that aren't willing to modify what they were getting from the business. So if before they had a very flexible schedule, they could hang around for 60 minutes after class and do some extra work. They could sign up for class the, you know, the day before and drop off the list at the last minute. And there was no financial implications for that. Suddenly you take it and you put all these rules in place that you have to put in place. You have to have pre-registration and late fees and penalty fees for late cancellations. You have to do all this to make the business work. There is a subset of people that are not interested in that. They don't want to interact with the business on this new footing that you've had to put in place. And then there's certainly a group of people that, you know, if they have to basically work out by themselves in a big room, they're going to just work out by themselves in their living room or their garage because they were there for the people. And as soon as you take the people away, it's a workout. They're happy to follow whatever programming is available to them, even through us, but they're not going to make their way into the gym and fight for class space if they can't have the community part. So... I think it's a complex problem, and there's certainly a, a group of people that fall into that camp. You mentioned that a lot of people maybe stay at home and, and they could care less about um, working out by themselves in the gym or at home. Does Ironstone plan on um, expanding basically your product offering to like online services or online online offers to those people? We've dabbled in that a lot here and there over the years. We've tried to leverage that a bit, not aggressively, but it's something we've explored. And during COVID, it was something we also explored several different ways. We tried, you know, online Zoom classes. We didn't love those, but, you know, especially the CrossFit style ones, they're really difficult to run. It's just our, our, our type of fitness doesn't lend itself well to a at-home coach-led environment or a digital-led environment. It really has to be coached in person or run completely asynchronously on your own in your own class. We've tried a few different offerings in that area. I think the only thing we've, we've come to the conclusion that the only thing we are interested in doing as a brand is what we call individual program design. That is, we write your workouts for you. We, you know, loadings, you know, coaching cues, all the things that you have to think about. 
we deliver the programming to you and you just do it on your own. That's the only digital offering we're actually interested in getting into long-term as a business. We don't want... Uh, we're kind of going the... You know, you say, when everyone else goes left, your business should go right. There's kind of that idea in business that you should fill the space that no one else is filling. A lot of businesses are going online. You see all these online platforms like uh, Peloton for spin classes, but you're seeing all the versions of this for at-home fitness. There's a thousand apps in the app store that are at-home on-demand workouts. There, Peloton is in the on-demand at-home market now. You have mirrors. So now you're getting into weighted at-home workouts. You're starting to see a lot of this kind of move to a digital environment because people can do away with the overhead of brick and mortar. That's that's the big pivot. So we've actually doubled down. We've said as a business, our commitment is to in-person, in-community brick and mortar fitness. That's what we're interested in doing as a business. And I think if anything, COVID has solidified that belief for us that we don't really want to be in the digital fitness space. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, it is, it is very different. Also from my experience, like I'm not a workout from home guy at all. Like I couldn't attend any of the Zoom classes simply because I don't have space here. And I'm I'm very passionate about CrossFit. And when you try to do stuff in your apartment and you can't do it, and then you have to adjust things and it gets annoying. So I totally, I totally get that. So what were some other like learnings or takeaways from the past 14 months that, that you might want to share that also might be beneficial to other business owners that, that you can adapt them to their business, not, not just the gym? Yeah, I, I think our biggest, the, the biggest one for me from a leadership or business perspective was that you're not obligated. It's, you know, it's something we always, I always knew and most business owners know in the back of their head is that you're not obligated to do what the crowd is doing. So when COVID happened and we all closed and everyone immediately went online, either through live classes or on demand through like streaming on Instagram live, we did it too during the first lockdown. And we, we just came to realize that just because everyone else is doing something or can do something doesn't mean you have to. Every business has to solve their problem their own way. And our brand identity is a certain type of fitness. And it does not lend itself well to on-demand or live stream classes. It's just the reality of what we do. Especially CrossFit, you know, build that kind of the, the strength classes. It, it just doesn't work. So trying to do that is almost like trying to push a giant boulder uphill. You might get to the top eventually. You might figure out how to make it work. But the amount of energy and effort, staff power and resources you're wasting on that can be invested into something that is more in line with your brand. And I think having a strong feel for what your brand is and where it's headed is the most important factor in navigating any kind of crisis situation. It helped us make decisions about what we were and weren't going to do as we hit the second and third lockdowns. It became much, much easier when we really sat down and said, is this in line with our brand? You know, the second lockdown... We rented equipment and we gave people programming. And we said, we're going to do our best to keep you fit, right? But we're not going to try and do something online that we can't offer to everybody. We can't give everyone a Concept2 rower. We can't give everyone a barbell and plates and send them off in their living room. There's there's people, you know, half our clients are people like you that are in an apartment or a condo that does not allow this to happen. It's just not what we do. So you figure out what you can do within the rules. The third lockdown, it was nice out again. It was, you know, spring, summer. We said, we're going to take fitness outside. That's what we're going to do. We're going to focus on in-person, small group fitness outside. That's our bread and butter. And we're going to follow the, you know, kind of along with that. And uh, yeah, I think that was pr probably the biggest takeaway from this whole experience was, you know, it really is brand over everything. It's knowing who you are, where you want to be, and making decisions that keep you on that path. 